Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Have you ever wanted to drastically change your life, like turn everything upside down, recreate yourself, and live a life full of adventure? What if you were just one step away from making that happen? Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Today's podcast episode is going to inspire you. I know it did me, so I really hope that you're in the same boat I am in. My guest, Shane Dellen, he reached out to me a few months ago, and I was just 
blown away by his story. And then after we spoke, I just felt like, okay, I have to be BFFs with Shane because he just has such an amazing outlook on life. So get this, in 2017, he left behind his nine to five job to bicycle across the U.S., and Europe, <laughs> moved to Spain to teach and, of course, eat some amazing tapas, and wrote his first personal finance book in a series that he's writing. He just decided that he needed to change, and he wanted to embrace all his passions and really live life. And I know you might be thinking, like, well, that's great, but how can somebody actually afford to do this? Well, Shane, of course, made some really smart money moves. And one in particular, he saw himself as a personal corporation, which he explains all in the episode. And that made the biggest change in his wallet and his life and made all of this possible. Shane, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Spain. Hi, Shauna. I am happy to be here. I just woke up from a siesta and I am I am ready to to uh, share my knowledge with your listeners. Oh, you're making me jealous with this siesta. Like napping has <laughs> turned into my new favorite hobby. <laughs> I live in the wrong country, though, for napping. It's one of my favorite things about Spain. Every day I, I take 15 or 30 minutes to lay down and, and take a quick siesta. I think we all should do that. I think that would make all of our lives so much richer if we just took that time to relax and, and enjoy life and sort of reset ourselves. Again, I'm just a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love here in Spain, too. Before before their siesta, they, they all get together for a big lunch at two or three. Uh, the whole family stops working. They all meet at the house. They have a big lunch every day, and then they all take a siesta. It's a great lifestyle. Yeah, that's so fantastic. Well, you're definitely making me feel like an underachiever when I was preparing <laughs> for this podcast episode and putting together some questions and reading your bio and all that good stuff. You've ridden your bike across the U.S. and in 12 countries in Europe, which is just crazy. But I'd love to know, like, what sparked the desire to do this? You know, I I got to the point where my life had just turned into the same day over and over, the same monotonous routine. Yeah. And it wasn't so much that I wasn't happy. It was that I didn't feel like I was learning anymore. And one day I was at home after work having a glass of wine, and I just got a new book in the mail, and it was Moods of Future Joy by Alistair Humphreys. And it's about him cycling around the world. It took him four years, and he did it on $10,000. Wow. And when I read his book, <laughs> I knew that I had to take an adventure similar to his. And that was my inspiration. Wow, that is incredible. So I would imagine that you learned a few sort of life lessons or maybe had some aha moments when you were cycling. Is like, are there any like sort of big things that stick out to you? Yeah. Before I took off on my journey, I didn't really know what to expect, but it wasn't long before I realized that I was in for a crash course on minimalism. So when you take off on a bicycle tour, you've got two bags and you can't carry a whole lot of stuff in two bags. So you shed the whole um, consumerism lifestyle. You, you become an extreme minimalist right from the beginning. Um, so that was the first aha moment that, that I had. And it was it didn't take long. I think 
probably two or three days into my first um, journey across the United States. I was in Florida and I just started crying out of joy. I was so happy. I, it was the first time I think in my life that I'd ever cried out of happiness. And part of that was just being free from from all of the stuff and all of the schedules and all of the stress and uh, just just feeling like I I had made it to the point in my life where I, I got to to adventure again like I was a kid. Wow, that's like so powerful. I think having those moments and I think it just really reminds you what life is all about, right? I mean, it's it's not about, you know, we make a big deal about how much money we make and how much money we have uh -huh. saved for retirement. And of course, all of those things are important. I'm not downplaying those things, but really to be able to live and to feel alive, um, particularly at this point in my life is just, I think it's worth everything. Yeah, it's it's something that we lose sight of. Um, there, I I worked for about 15 years before I took off on my on my bicycle journeys and you know I had really just gotten to this routine where I wasn't happy I forgot how to laugh um, the excitement in my day was where I was going to eat dinner for the night <laughs> that, <laughs> that's horrible and that's the happiest part of your day <laughs> so it's it's really um, you know brought me back to being a kid again I, I always have this thought of when I was a kid hopping on my bicycle, you know, on a summer, summer day and just taking off for the day and seeking adventure and following excitement. And, and I feel like I finally rekindled that in my life. Wow. So do you have like a, like a favorite place you've cycled through? Bavaria in Germany. Uh. It's phenomenal. Oh my God. <laughs> I think it should be on everybody's list. It is one of the coolest things I've ever, it's probably, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. So you cycle along the Danube and they have a bike path for you. So you're not on the road. So in the United States, I cycled on secondary highways, but in Europe, I cycled mainly on bike paths. And the best bike path I've ever seen was in Bavaria. I cycled on it for a week or two, but they've planted fruit trees and they have um, strawberries growing. They have all these fruits and vegetables growing along the path for bicyclists to pick. So you're wow. just cycling, <laughs> snatching apples and picking grapes. <laughs> and then, you know, to the left is the Danube. And then you have a castle up, you know, up in the distance. It's phenomenal. It's, it's one of the prettiest places, um, in Europe. That and not is only amazing. That, yeah. Not only that in Bavaria, um, you cycle through the hops fields, like beer hops. I had never encountered anything like it, but there are these 20, 20 foot tall um, crops. So you're cycling through like these tunnels of beer hops. It's, it's wow. unreal. It's, it's, yeah, it's from a story. Wow, that's amazing. So did you have any, were there any like injuries along the way or were you able to stay healthy? You know, the funny thing about bicycle touring is that the hardest like most physical parts, the first two or three weeks, and then your body seriously turns into a machine. It, yeah. It's not physical. It's not physical after the first few weeks. It it becomes a mental thing. So, uh, knock on wood, I did not have any injuries in both trips. Each trip took three or four months. I, I can't. I can't think of my legs cramping. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't have any problems. That's any amazing. Problems. Yeah. That's yeah, it, amazing. It's, it's all in your head. <laughs> that, those are the problems that you're working out when you're on, when you're on a bicycle journey. 
Yeah, like I think that's a really cool like exclamation point point that you just made there because so many things are in our heads like in taking that time to, you know, do something physical and even push your body a little bit. I think that I mean, it's just I think it's such a cool experience to have in life. So you've gone all these places like I cycled all these places. And yet, how did you end up in Spain? To preface that, I, I worked in the wine industry for 11 years. That's nice. what I consider consider my career. And um, when I left the wine industry, I I knew that I needed to find the adventure in my life again. Um, so I decided that I was going to cycle across the United States. I bought a touring bike and I flew to Florida. My theory was if I if I flew to Florida and rode back to California where I was living, then there is no turning back. So I just <laughs> had to keep going west, <laughs> which in hindsight is not the thing to do because the winds were blowing into me the whole oh, direction. The yes. winds blow from west to east, <laughs> yes. But, but I did it nonetheless. Um, wow. So when I, left, when I left on my bicycle tour um, from Florida, I told myself that I wasn't going to take any jobs in California, that I wasn't um, – I wasn't going to have any plans for when I returned. I just wanted to take off and be able to explore and take as much time as I wanted. And I thought to myself that the path would re- would reveal itself. Yeah. And what happened is about a month into my bicycle journey, I started applying for jobs around the world, not thinking that I'd get any. I was just kind of dreaming. You know, I had I had some free time in the night and I would <laughs> apply for jobs through my phone. <laughs> and Somewhere in, I believe I was in Utah, I got an email back from a school in Spain um, asking me to interview. Uh, so I I interviewed while I was on my bicycle um, tour somewhere, in, I, I believe I was in Utah, and I ended up taking the job. And when I got back to California in September, I spent a week or two home, and then I took off to Spain. And I've been here for the last two years now. Wow, that's that's a good story. I love that. Like you're bicycling, sending out your resumes, you know, getting job offers on the road. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad way to do it. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, other than the like the the siestas that you talked about, like what what's life like in Spain? Uh Spain is a really cool place. It's um I walk out my front door and I think to myself all the time, it's like it's like traveling back in time. Uh, I live in Malaga, Spain, which is one of the oldest cities in the world. It's, I think, three or 4,000 years there's been inhabited there. Wow. Uh, it is right on the Mediterranean, and there's two castles that are about 1,000 years old that overlook the city and the Mediterranean. And then there's Roman um, theaters and ruins all throughout the city. So the, life, the lifestyle in Malaga is just it's like living a story. I, like tonight, I'm going out for friends and having tapas. Um, you know, tapas are basically free. I think it's you know like two euros for a tapa and a glass of wine. So you have three or four tapas with friends, and that's your entertainment for the night. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> that sounds both delicious and amazing, all, just all in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Spain, I've, I've, I've figured that living in Spain is about a tenth of the price of living in the San Francisco Bay Area. 
Yeah, that I would that I would believe for sure. I mean, San Francisco is just absolutely crazy right now. So, like what is your like what is your daily life look like? Like what do you do for, you know, money? How do you budget? Like h- how does this all work for you living abroad? <laughs> so, I work 3 or 4 days a week at a public school. I teach 1st uh, through 6th grade. I I work I think it comes to about 12 hours a week. And it's actually a program through the Spanish government. Okay. Uh, there's, yeah, there's 3,000 of us here teaching in Spain. It's a really cool program. And um, so I teach Monday through Thursday, uh, anywhere from two to four hours each day. And then I have, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to explore and to work on my books. So that's kind of the routine I get, I've, I've gotten into. And then during the summers, I get four months off. And I've, I've been saving for the last 10 or 15 years to, to live abroad and to kind of break free from the grind. It's, it's a path that I um, envisioned a long time ago. And you know, it's, it's very freeing, very liberating to finally be living in Spain now or you know, living abroad and actually realizing my dream. Do you notice, or I, I would assume that there is a difference, but is there a difference between how the money culture is in the United States and how the money culture or attitudes are in Spain? Are there any like stark differences there? Oh, absolutely. People here work to live. It's, it's not about how much money you make. It's not about you know how big your house is, what car you drive. It's about going out and being able to pay for tapas at night and sit around with – when the Spaniards go out, they go out in force. So they'll, you'll see 10 or 15 of them just sitting on a Tuesday night having dinner and, and laughing and enjoying each other's company. Um, life wow. here is yeah. – it's, it's social. It's, it's not about the grind. It's not about work, 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 and then Friday, Saturday, blow it out, and Sunday, rest. That, that doesn't <laughs> exist in Spain. <laughs> It's it's really cool and it's it's taught me a lot about myself and, and and being a friend. I'm before I I moved abroad, I all I did was work and I didn't really take time for friendships. And now I have a lot of time to to develop friendships. So it's it's been a good change in my life. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. 
I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you think people there are happier, less stressed out? all of those yeah. sort of adjectives. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think a lot of that is kind of the energy that you put off. Yeah. I, you know, I'm in a I I feel like I'm in a really happy place in my life right now. I think when you're putting off positive energy, you know, that's what you attract. I so like it, that. I, I don't yeah, I don't think it's fair for me to say one way or another if they're happier here. I will say that Spain, um they have the third longest life expectancy in the world. So they're doing something Okay. Right. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> saying something. I mean, maybe it's all the top is in wine, but if that's it, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. going for it. <laughs> I'm all in on that one. <laughs> yeah. So one of the cool other coolest things you did was you wrote this book, The Franklin Fi, while you, you were cycling from Spain to Romania, which again is crazy and sort of blows my mind. But <laughs> Tell me about like what sparked this idea and, and how you managed to, to write this book. You know, Shauna, I was thinking about this the other day and a lesson that I've learned from bicycle touring and writing this book um, is, is the lesson that when you have this huge goal in front of you, it's the same with personal finance. When you have this huge goal, whether it's your student loan debts or cycling across the country or writing a book, you have to figure out your angle and you have to figure out how to break it down into the simplest terms. And with bicycle touring, what I would do is take how many miles it was going to take to cycle across the United States. So if it's 4,000 miles, divide that by 90 days. When I set out to write this personal finance book, I basically did the same. I, I said, all right, I'm going to write a 180-page book, and I've got 90 days over the course of this summer to write it. So 180 divided by 90, that's two pages a day. I got this. That's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I found the motivation to actually start writing this book. And you know, part of me feels very blessed to have kind of broken away from from the grind or from the the this boring routine that I was in. And I wanted to give back um kind of to the kid that I was when I was 16. So I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Southern Illinois. Oh, I'm from Indiana, so we're we're neighbors. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where are you from in Indiana? 
Indianapolis, and then I went to college at Indiana University. And my rest of my family's all from northern Indiana around South Bend. So we're Very just, cool, yeah. Midwesterners find Midwesterners. That's just what That's I say. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I grew up about an hour west of Evansville. Oh, yes. Okay. Very nice. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. But I've I've always wanted to write a personal finance book for kids. And my idea has always been to write this textbook style um, personal finance book. And I'd actually started it two or three times over the last four or five years. And I could never get past page 15 or 20. And I was just so intimidated by this huge goal of writing a book that I I, I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then I came up with this idea to make it a fun personal finance novel. So to tell the story of high school kids getting their first jobs and, and you know, the mistakes that they make trying to find the jobs and how nervous they get. And then once they get their first jobs, you know, what do they do with their money? And the main character is Franklin Fye. And Franklin Fye says at one point in the book that some kids want – want to be professional athletes. Other kids want to be rock stars. Well, I want to be a stockbroker. So Franklin Fi uh, is this this kid that um, is just dead set on learning about finance and investing in the stock market. And then he kind of brings his, his friends into the fold and they start a stock market club. And then the story goes on from there. And it's it's just one comedy after another about <laughs> them making mistakes in the stock market. It's I tried to make it as fun and as enjoyable as possible for, for young adults to read. Yeah, I know. I was reading it and cracking up as I as I was going along and and it is it's it I think makes the concepts more digestible because you feel like you're just reading a story and then you're like, wait. Wait a minute. Wait, I actually learned something <laughs> there, which I think is a yeah. really cool way that that talking about money is is there's lots of ways I feel like we could bring this subject to life. We just feel so stuck in in the textbook or in yeah. you know all of these crazy abbreviations and things that just make people feel so intimidated, but it really it doesn't have to be that way. So I think it's it's like such a cool idea. Yeah. And you know, I think what um, kind of was the impetus for me to write this book is I made the mistake that millions of other people people made. I, I took out student loans when I was 18, and I made that decision without any knowledge about what I was doing. And that really just set me on fire. When I, when I graduated from college and I got that first student loan bill, I was <laughs> mad at myself and I was determined to figure out how to pay them off as fast as possible. So this book is kind of, you know, a preface for kids to 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 educate them, to give them their first personal finance lesson so that when it comes time to go to college that they're prepared to make that decision. That's great. Like it's a great way to attach something that you learned. So I think for for the people listening, you I've talked about how you saved money to be able to afford to move abroad and just, um, you know, maybe p- smashing through your debt. So what sort of like tips or do you have any gems you can pull out that maybe you can share with us of of, <laughs> of, of how you did this? Yeah. Um, so I view myself as a human corporation, as weird ah. as that sounds. <laughs> so my first job um, out of college was on a trading floor in San Francisco. And 
when you start out, you have to get up to speed as fast as possible because you're you're working and competing against other brokers that have had that have years and years of experience. They can look at companies, they know where they've traded over the years, and they can you're, you're selling securities, you're selling stocks as a broker. Um, so as a 22 year old being thrown into this world, all I would do was study financials and figure out how to value companies and how to pitch them to potential clients. And when I was doing this, I came up with this idea that I am like a publicly traded company. I'm a human corporation and I'm the CEO of my company. And I just went to work in Excel and like came up with this whole system to track um, my financials for my human corporation. And I started this, I guess, 13 or 15 years, yeah, but about 15 years ago. And it's, you know, it starts off as simple as, you know, this is my profit and loss. You know, total income minus total expenses gives you your profit or loss. And then once you have that, you can start, you know, looking at your monthly expense. Then you can get your savings rate, which is essentially your net profit margin. And then, you know, once you have that, you can break it down even further to get a daily budget. Um, so there's just so many takes and ways you can start manipulating the information um, in order to track your financial you know, life and goals. And it's something that I, I, to this day, I still do it every month. Um, I track, you know, just basic metrics to, to make sure that I'm still hitting my goals and I'm headed in the direction that I, I want to be going. Um, and then also another kind of part of that, that I, I came up with was I started looking at my human corporation and how to acquire more assets. So how do I acquire more personal assets? And an asset is anything physical or intangible, intellectual that creates cash flow. And when you start looking at your human corporation and the assets you've acquired that make you more valuable to the, your employer, um, you can really start to work um, towards making yourself more valuable and then look at the assets that you want to acquire. So I've got three to five assets at any time that I am constantly working towards um, these goals. So for example, now I'm, I'm learning, learning Spanish. Um, mm. And yeah. you know, this book project was, was part of my, my human corporation personal asset that I wanted to, to acquire. I wanted to become a writer and teach myself how to do that. Wow. That is such invaluable advice, I think, that you just shared. And I've never heard anyone share it quite like that. But I'm I'm curious because I know there's probably somebody listening that's like, okay, but how do I do this if I'm not great at math or I'm afraid to look at the numbers or, you know, there's just this fear around uh, how to figure this stuff out for themselves? Are there any easy steps to uh, maybe tiptoe into this? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so everybody knows their income, right? Yes. <laughs> you know exactly how much you make. <laughs> that is the easy part. Uh, everybody's af afraid of their expenses. And, and, and this boils down to your relationship with money. If you have a bad relationship with money, you don't look at how much you're spending. <laughs> you <know>? That's <laughs> not something you do. If you have a good relationship with money, then you start tracking your expenses. And I, one of the things I did in the beginning is that I would take my bank statement and I would pull out every expense for the month and I'd put it into a category. Yes. And you're going to get you're going to get like five or six categories that you know you're going to have your housing, your transportation, entertainment, 
um, you know, once you start doing this, it's pretty clear where your money's going. And then once you have them split apart, you can say, all right, I'm spending too much money on this category. How can I redo this, reduce this? Do I need that cup of coffee every day? Is that important to me? Okay, I can cut that out. Um, am I paying too much on my transportation? How can I um, get rid of this car payment? Or how can I reduce my cell phone payment? It's yeah, it, it's endless. Kind of, but <laughs> so so once you have those two numbers, your income and your expenses, you know, your a, the basic most basic profit and loss equation is this income minus expenses gives you a profit or loss. And then, you know, hopefully you have a profit. So say this is a quick, easy example. If your income is two thousand dollars a month and your expenses are a thousand dollars a month you are profitable by $1,000. So now that you have your profitability, you can say, all right, how much of my income did I save? And all that is is profit divided by your total income. So 1,000 divided by 2,000 is 50%. Um, another take on that is, all right, my expenses are way too much. Um, so I'm going to break them down. I'm going to split them apart. So you reduce them to the base amount. Once you've reduced your expenses to your base amount, say you're, you've got it down to $1,500 a month in expenses. So when you receive your paycheck, pay yourself first. Immediately take that $500 that you feel comfortable saving, put that in an investment account or your brokerage account, or put it towards your student loans. And then the $1,500 left, that's left for your fixed expenses and you know, your entertainment and whatever else you want to spend it on, but feel good about spending that money as long as you've taken your $500 and paid yourself first on the first day of the pay period. Yeah, that's good. Does, does that simplify it? At all? Yeah, no, that definitely <laughs> does. Like, I mean, I know where you're going with that, but I want to make sure that it's clear for somebody who's listening because the pushback is always that, you know, I'm not good at math or I'm not good at this. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to be good at any of those things. You just, you have to just have a few little steps that you take and you can just take one of those little steps each day. You don't have to do the whole thing, you know, in, in one fellow swoop. But, you know, I think you you made a good point of just your relationship to your expenses is is kind of your overall, you know, money, feelings, thoughts, relationship. And so if you can get that in the right perspective, you can, I mean, this is what I tell people all the time, like you can really make dramatic changes. You don't need to make a million bucks or a hundred thousand or whatever that number is for you. You can proactively do it. It may only be a few bucks here or there, but all of that is then moving you in the right direction. And this goes back to that simplifying your your big goal, this uh, mountainous goal, and saying, okay, I figured out how much I'm spending, where my money's going to. Now I'm going to save 1% more a month, or I'm going to reduce my expenses 1% more next month. It's, it's, you know, if you're cycling across the United States, how many miles is it going to take per day? I can I can cycle 50 miles per day, no problem. But can I cycle 4,000? Oh gosh, that's that's so <laughs> scary. It's the same with personal finance. Like the more that you throw yourself into it and you start to figure out all of the moving parts, it actually becomes very simple. Like I, I spend maybe five to ten minutes at the end of each month going through this this process. You know, the first yes. few months it might take. 30 minutes, but it doesn't take a lot of time. It's, it's being a doer and not a complainer. That, that's all it is. 
You are speaking my language, my friend. <laughs> I love it. So where's the next adventure? Do you have anything else like sort of awesome planned? Yeah. So the school year is almost over. I am done in 21 days. <laughs> and I am going to take off and hike across uh, the north of Spain on the Camino de Santiago. It's going to take about, I'm thinking, four to five weeks of hiking. And I'm going to write the third book of my series. So last summer, I wrote book one, which I just published. And book two is being edited right now. And then I'm going to write book three um, starting in June. I'm going to start that book. So I'm going to hike across the north of Spain. And then I'm thinking about maybe hiking across Ireland. So there's this cool coast-to-coast trip. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we'll, We'll see after five weeks of hiking, how I feel about hiking, <laughs> but, but there's this really cool um, coast-to-coast hike in Ireland that takes about a month as well. So I'm thinking I might do that this summer. Wow. Again, I'm going to end this podcast episode how I started. I mean, you definitely you definitely make me feel like an underachiever. So I mean, it's oh, it's so awesome, though, to, to hear somebody's story, I think, where you've basically bought yourself freedom in a way to experience life and to really live life and to go and and do these things and write books and and see the world and i think that's something that so many of us are are envious of or maybe that's a big pie in the sky goal and we just don't know how to achieve it and you just shared basically how you did it and it wasn't that hard i mean i just think that's like such a great message to put out there yeah, Shauna. Uh, real quick, I'll I'll just add one more thing. When I have been on the road cycling, when I'm actually pedaling, I have no doubt that I can cycle across the country. But when I stop at night and I start to think about what I'm doing, I start to doubt myself. So this goes back to be a doer and and not a worrier, not a complainer. Just just jump in and go for it, and you'll you'll be surprised what what life will bring you. Gosh. Like this, you just brought goosebumps to me. So, <laughs> all right. So, Shane, this has been amazing. But tell everybody where they can go to find out more about you and to grab a copy of the Franklin Fi. Yeah, my website is thefranklinfi.com. And you can find me on Twitter at the Franklin Fi and Instagram uh, as well, the Franklin Fi. And then you can also buy my book on Amazon and just type in the Franklin Fi Shane Dillon and you'll find it. Thanks so much for checking out this episode and a big thanks to our sponsors that make this show possible. Remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. But before you leave, I want to empower you to embrace where you are today, the good and the not so good. And remember, nothing lasts forever. Just keep taking small steps every day and remember how awesome you truly are. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.